0: Everybody, this is Kat, and you are listening to the recap of episode two hundred and twenty-four. Welcome to the episode. This is Katie and this is Allison,
1: and but, boop boop, yay!
0: <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I don't
1: know. There's a little space there. I should have left.
0: Um, I didn't get a lot of sleep. It's okay. <laughs> Before we get started, though, recapping
1: all your wonderful comments on a quite a. There were a lot of them. (laughs) We'll get to that. But before we get started with that, we just want to thank our Patreon sponsor for this episode, who is Kristen Walther on Patreon. Yay! Yay, Kristen! Kristen! You rock. And it is because of people like Kristen that we are able to do these recap episodes still. So... Thank you so much. And remember, listeners, you can become a sponsor for as little as a dollar a month. And to do that, you just need to go to our website, alohamora.mugglemat.com, and click on the Patreon tab or
0: patreon.com slash Thank you, Kristen. You're the best. Yay! We love you. Totes. So, Snape. I mean, like, I'm not jazzed to talk about this again, and, like, I was purposely not on the last episode, (laughs) but there was a crap load of comments, per usual, because, you know, Snape... Like, crappy man, good character, in my opinion. And you guys did not disappoint. Once again, there was like 12,000 comments <laughs> and, and counting, you know, there's like 15,000 more <laughs> every day. So, so thank you. We, we tried our best to pick a variety of comments and hopefully you all agree when you hear them. So our first one here comes from Slytherin Knight. It says, There was only one thing I think the episode missed in discussing about Snape was the fact that he had completely agreed with Voldemort and the Death Eater's philosophy by the time he heard the prophecy. As was stated, he did not know the prophecy would refer to Lily, but remember, in The Prince's Tale Memories, Lily says that he, Snape, calls Muggleborn's mudbloods all the time, except for Lily. She is the exception. This tells me that Snape has fully embraced the pure blood philosophy by the time of his fifth year and it is only after he learns that Lily might be targeted due to the prophecy that he begins to change. That's where the obsession really kicks into gear. I don't think he truly, quote-unquote, loved Lily. He loved the idea of her, the smart, funny, attractive, and powerful witch who he could mold, in a sense. The host discussed how Snape wanted to control Lily. He lied to her about the Hogwarts houses. He was the only f- Oh, <clears throat> that's supposed to say Fount. <laughs> He was the only fount of information about the Wizarding World until they both went to Hogwarts. If Snape hadn't been sorted into Slytherin, but, say, Ravenclaw, he and Lily would have stayed friends for a bit longer, but they still would have drifted apart over time because she would have found new friends and new ways of information. Lily lashed to Snape when they were friends because he could tell her about the Wizarding World when no one else could. But the main thing about that was, Snape was selfish. He wanted Lily all to himself because it made him feel better feel stronger, feel smarter than someone else. That power of information control over Lily gave Snape a rush, and I think that is what drew Snape to the Dark Arts as well, because he didn't want to give up that power. I think that J.K. has said that Snape could have had a good relationship, whether friendly or romantic, with Lily, if he had been willing to give up studying and practicing the Dark Arts. But he never did. Snape wanted both. He wanted power and he wanted Lily. He wasn't willing to give up something of his to make Lily happy. He wanted to be the one who was happy in that relationship and no one else. So lots to digest there. But
1: my basic first reaction to this that like popped into my head was just that Meryl Streep meme of her just being like,
0: yes, yes. <laughs>
1: that's <laughs> that's my basic first reaction to that. But we can break it down as we go. Sure. No,
0: I mean, I appreciate I like the fact that it mentions the information, the power of control over Lily because in some way, uh, you know, the listeners are going to hate listening to Allison and I talk about this (laughs) since they reamed us out for that first episode. (laughs) But it is what it is. So, um, I mean, I do think that, you know, Snape is a really ambitious Slytherin and I do think that he was power hungry for so long because he was so oppressed for so long he has such a craptastic childhood that he needed something to feel better and that was a combination of a lot of things that was power that was magic and in part that was Lily and so yeah Slytherin Knight I'm I'm with you and Snape did agree with Voldemort and the Death Eaters well before he heard the prophecy there's like no debate about that there can't be because that that's it's just fact it just is and i
1: think that's one of those things that that feeds into snape is not a good person like sure he's a great interesting character because he's so gray and he had all these crazy twists and changes but he did he agreed with Voldemort. he agreed with the death eaters he was all on board for that and sure he had this experience that made of like might have like changed his mind a little bit, but they're right. I mean, I think that is a thing people forget about the princess tale memories is Lily tells him straight out. She calls him out on it. She's like, you call everyone who's muggle born that except for me. And that's a problem. Um, so yeah, I think those were great points to make.
0: Yeah. I mean, it is the equivalent of, if you have a friend of color, and you use a derogatory term to describe that for everybody else except said friend. Like, that is the exact situation. If you use the N-word or any other word with somebody who isn't your friend, you're still a racist. Yeah. Just because you don't call your friend that, like, you are still a racist. It's
2: Yeah, I think we may have given him a little too much slack in the episode, thinking that he was more brainwashed into this gang, and didn't necessarily share all of their views, but was just looking for friends and people to associate with. But you're yeah, Slytherin Knight is correct. He definitely agreed with them 100% by the time he got out of school. Um, I think some of us forget that. <laughs> so that was a very good point. I'm glad mm-hmm. that Slytherin Knight brought that up.
0: I mean, and maybe there are things that he didn't agree with. You know, maybe he doesn't believe in Torturing Muggles, you know, or um, I don't know something else. But the the fact of the matter is, I mean, calling somebody a Mudblood is, you know, like I said that that's still that's a big part of their movement is anti non magic basically. And, you know, Snape had been doing that for a while already. And, sure, it doesn't make him a, a Death Eater, but it does show that he believed in those principles long before. So, yeah, you know.
2: And good point about wanting to keep Lily all to himself. That, yeah, I definitely feel that as well.
0: Yeah, no comment.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I still am on the fence about whether he actually loved her or not. Um, I know you two are like, absolutely not all obsession no love um i'm still on the fence i could i can see both sides of that so i'm not gonna really give an opinion um but yeah i definitely do believe he wanted her all to himself and that is very selfish um and if it was love it was a very selfish type of love so it was not a healthy one
0: i think that you can't use the word love and snape and lily the traditional definition of love in terms of Snape and Lily, because maybe what Snape felt was some type of love type thing, which is all he ever knew. Yeah. Um. So maybe to him that felt like love, and you know. But I, whew, okay, we cannot get into this right now. <laughs> next comment. I'm not even going to comment. Not okay. Comment. Next comment.
2: Moving on. Uh. Next comment is from Blood Charm. They say. We have no idea if Snape's childhood was worse than Harry's or Voldemort's. There is not enough details about it to make a final call on that decision. However, Snape was bullied intensely at school and highly likely at home as well. Harry endures some gossip and ridicule from students throughout his Hogwarts career, but he has his friends behind him most of the time, and plenty of people still like him throughout a lot of it. Snape really only has Lily and possibly some of his Slytherin friends who possibly make fun of him as well, much like how James and Sirius treated Pettigrew when he was part of their gang. So in some way, his childhood and adolescence were more difficult than Harry's and definitely Voldemort's. Tom Riddle had a group of people who he had great power and control over and enjoyed that immensely. He was praised by his teachers and extremely well-liked by nearly all of them and was highly arrogant and full of himself. Snape does not meet this criteria.
0: I have a hard time believing that Snape wasn't praised by his teachers.
1: Yeah.
0: Especially because Snape potions. is really smart. You know, um he is a great wizard. He is a fantastic wizard. Yeah. So like I don't I don't disagree with the rest of it, but I feel like that comparison to Tom Riddle, you know, I think Snape had a pretty good relationship, not like relationship relationship, but like a good rapport with a lot of his teachers and maybe he wasn't liked, but he certainly wasn't downtrodden by any of them. I don't think.
2: Yeah. I don't think they would have offered him a a job at Hogwarts if, because some of the teachers there were there when he was a student. Um, And if they thought he was a horrible person, they wouldn't have wanted to bring him on board.
0: Well, I mean, Dumbledore really only brought him there for selfish reasons. That is true. (laughs) That is very true. But, but I do, I do agree. I mean, in that, in that aspect, I think Snape probably had it okay. You know, I also am not sure that Snape was probably picked on by his Slytherin friends. Not to his face. Yeah. In the way yeah. that Pettigrew was picked on. Because Pettigrew is weak ass. Let's be real. He, even in school, I mean, his wand is, like, the flexibility is brittle, guys. Yeah. Like, that tells you so much about his character. And... Sure, maybe Snape wasn't, like, the popular one in the group that got invited to all the parties in the Slytherin common room and stuff. But I think that he had this quiet respect from his peers because of that – uh what's the right word? The facade that he put up. I'm not saying, like, facade, like, fake, but just that wall that he put up and, like, his toughness, just whether his it was demeanor. real or perceived. Yeah. Yeah, and – yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I don't think he was quite picked on in the same way that Pettigrew was, because James and Sirius picked on Pettigrew to his face all the time. Yeah. And I think that Snape probably had a little bit more respect from his peers than that. Especially once he started proving to them how talented he was.
2: I think yeah. he would have earned that yeah. respect very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um but I did want to comment because they're trying to say that he had a better time at Hogwarts than Harry did. Harry had somebody trying to kill him every year. Let's not forget <laughs> That's that. That's real.
1: <laughs> Harry also had the whole school hating him multiple times. Like yes. everyone yeah. hating him. So. so yeah,
2: I don't <laughs> think that Harry's adolescence was better than Snape's by any means.
0: Yeah, I think that they were both equally crappy and equally good in different ways. Yeah.
1: I also, oh. I have a really, really hard time accepting he's this way just because he had a bad childhood because I just, maybe maybe it's just me that, but I'm just like, you still people make choices and Mm -hmm. sure things that happen to them can influence those choices, but still you, you make choices and Snape made some really bad choices that make him a terrible person. Um, so I just don't, I've just never really bought the whole well, he had a bad childhood, so that's why he's the way he is.
2: Like I think that played a part in it. And yeah. some of the commenters definitely pointed that out because I don't think we talked about his childhood abuse or neglect maybe quite as much as we should have in the episode. Um and I don't want to discount that because yes, that happened yeah, and that not at all. doesn't make it does predispose him to um to some Harder times later in life. And in the episode, I compared him to Harry because I was like, well, Harry had an even worse childhood and he look how great he turned out. Um, but at the same time, someone pointed out, Harry is an exception to the rule. Most children brought up the way Harry was brought up would not have turned out so well-rounded and loving and wonderful. Um, so, and I, I get that J.K. Rowling was kind of trying to show us the black and the white, and then Snape is the gray in between. So Harry kind of had to be this perfect hero, even though if, even though that might not be realistic in the real world. Um, But yeah, I just, I wanted to say, I agree and just, yeah. (laughs) I don't know what I'm trying to say. I agree that his childhood shaped him, but I also agree that his choices um, override most of that or part of that. I'm not really sure where I stand on how much
0: Um, I think one overrides the other. Uh, See, I think the thing is here is that Snape is a fully functioning adult. Yeah. And as a fully functioning adult, he has made choices to get to that point in his life. And the choices that he continues to make as a fully functional adult are not sane choices. Yes. Yes. The way that he treats the students and the way that he acts towards other people are not sane choices for a fully functioning adult wizard. Like, you don't act like that because your childhood sucks if you are as well-rounded and as um, adept at being a baddie and a goodie and, you know, everything in between as Snape is. And yes, you can argue that, like, it's his demeanor, and that's how he has to be, because he's trying to fool people that he's a bad guy. No. You you, you don't have to do that. Quirrell had Voldemort in him yeah. and did not treat students like that. Yeah. Yeah. Period. Like, Barty Crouch Jr. was oh, so a better freaking than- death <laughs> eater and treated students better than Snape. That is so yes, Okay? Like, it is a choice to be that much of an a-hole. Yeah.
1: Period. Yeah especially two kids who aren't even involved in this like gosh like not even involved in his whole situation they're just mm-hmm. students and like that is like the first thing that fred and george tell ron right is that like snape hates everyone but the slytherins like harry yeah. wasn't even there yet right. he already felt that way so
2: he's clearly been doing <laughs> this from the beginning
0: yeah yep
2: I wonder, too, like, in the comments there was a great conversation, and you guys should go read it, um, about therapy in the wizarding world and how there seems to be a lack of it. Um, I wonder, too, if Lily's death, you know, let's forget about his childhood for a moment and just focus on the trauma of Lily's death and what that did to him. Um, Still not using that as an excuse, but because he never grieved over that properly... Do you think that is maybe one of the reasons he's such an awful,
1: per- awful adult person? No, because by that point, he and Lily hadn't, like, spoken for probably at least five years. Like, that's a long time. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe he was still holding on to the idea of her when she was 14, 15. But by the time she died, I don't think he knew her much at all.
2: But he's still, you know, always well, yeah, this he's love still, for
1: her. He's still holding on to that idea of her. Um, yeah, and like hoping Voldemort
2: will right, take out James but, and Harry yeah. and leave
1: her.
0: But Which is exactly, exa- I mean, you just touched on it, exactly. He's holding on to this idea of her. So, like, he is choosing not to let go of that Yeah. and move yeah, on. Yeah, and
1: he doesn't know Lily, at the time she died. she do- He doesn't know the individual, the person that is Lily. He doesn't know adult
0: Lily. Yeah. That right. is correct.
1: Yeah. So. That is correct. Like, the Lily he's still thinking about is, like, 14, 15. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that gets
0: weird. <laughs> yeah, don't think about that. Okay. <laughs> 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 yeah,
2: you're right. There's no excuse for the way he treats students. That's, mm-mm. Bad Snape.
1: Shall we move on to the next one then? Okay. So our next comment comes from Dora Nympha, who says, I think Sirius was exaggerating or wrongly assuming that Snape knew curses before he set foot at Hogwarts, but I definitely think he was thinking about that when his parents were arguing. He is on his mother's side, the self-chosen name of Prince, and his bias toward wizards rather than muggles shows that. But he wasn't standing up to his father because he was just too weak yet, but I bet he was sitting there thinking he's going to learn all the spells to use against his father one day. I think he was drawn to spells that could hurt, and he couldn't wait to get to Hogwarts and find the resources. It's quite a Slytherin-ish thing, too, if he did this. He's only attacking when he's powerful enough, until then he's quiet and withdrawn into himself. The just-you-wait mentality. I don't doubt that we can't really blame little Snape for being the way he was, spiteful, jealous, and deprived already, because he had no exposure to a loving home. However, he did have Lily, whereas Harry didn't even meet decent kids until he got to Hogwarts, so he had an advantage on that front. He just wasted it. Another argument against his childhood justifying his being a generally unpleasant person. Many feel or are abandoned, abused, lonely. It still doesn't explain why he was that way.
0: Right. Boom. Nail. Head. (laughs) And we also don't know that Harry didn't have friends in primary school.
2: No, we yeah, do. Yeah, we do. Because we do. Dudley
1: chased him off. Because oh. no one wanted to be his friend, because yep. they were afraid of Dudley and his gang. I did forget about that.
2: Yeah, so uh, Snape definitely had a leg up. Like, many Like He still had two living parents, even if they were horrible, or at least his father was. I don't think his mother was horrible to him. Um, Do we even know his father was that horrible? Am I forgetting parts of that? There's just this scene where he's yelling at his mom.
0: Yeah, I think his father, like, leaves pretty early on. Okay. I'm not sure about that. I know that he... Really? Because I thought it was just him and his mother. No,
2: because he says, you know, my father doesn't like much. That's one of the quotes he says to Lily, um...
0: Oh, that's right. And then right. the scene right. Basically, his mother chose his father over Snape. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to put Essentially. it. Essentially. Yeah.
2: Because, yeah, if she had left him, he would have had a much better childhood. And, yeah, I'm just super curious how they got together in the first place. Because <laughs> he seemed like a pretty bad guy. And he was a muggle. And, like, we were trying to figure out in the last episode, like, why would, would he want... Why does, was he, like, predisposed to want to be in Slytherin? Like, who told him about Slytherin. Was it his mother? Because we don't know how she was in. Um, but it's like, why would a uh, Slytherin with that pure blood mentality want to marry a muggle? And it, it all—it just all seems really odd. So I really want more information on those two. I hope we get it someday on Pottermore or etc.
0: Like, why would a wizard want to have sex with a giantess? That's <laughs> true. <same thing. laughs>
1: well, we know, we know it doesn't seem that uncommon for wizards to fall in love with muggles. I mean, McGonagall did. Oh, I know. You're going to say but giants. She... I was like, whoa.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hold up, Allison. What? No. No. That's I a just... whole different topic of conversation. That is a very... <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just meant if she was a Slytherin.
1: That's all I meant. But not all Slytherins are. Th- oh, I, that, Wait, I agree. Was she a Slytherin? We don't know. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Right. I didn't think so. But we're just trying to figure out why
2: he wanted to be in. Because he was talking about that on the train to Hogwarts that he wanted to be in Slytherin. And we're like, Why?
1: Like, who told him that Slytherin was well, a good place to be? I mean, he probably just had heard of all the houses, and maybe he thought, yeah, like, Slytherin, ambition, like, getting ahead in life, maybe that that's where I want to be, you know? Because I, mm. I think it's true. From a young age, he was kind of power-hungry, and he wanted to... Well, he was oppressed. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So that makes sense. But,
2: I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe he just read, what is it, A History of Hogwarts, or whatever that book is, and... <laughs> Like, Hogwarts. History. That's it. Thank you. I knew I said that wrong. <laughs> it's okay.
0: That's a good point. Hmm. But I like Dora Nympha's uh, comment very much. That's good. And we have one more comment here, which, you know, uh, it's out there, guys. <laughs> Not like out there, out there, but like, you know, just, just listen. It's from RIP, Florian Fortescue. Yes, very much. RIP. <laughs> it says, People cut white men so much slack. Can you imagine how people would feel about Snape if he were a woman? A woman who bullied children and was obsessed with some dude from her childhood for her entire life. She would be a quote-unquote crazy bitch, not a sad, misunderstood fellow whose crappy childhood made it impossible for her to be anything but a bitter, abusive adult. So... Let's gender swap on Snape a bit here.
1: <laughs> I think first thing first, we have to say we don't necessarily know Snape's white. So, there's that.
0: <laughs> Do we? Well, that's never.
2: I think he's, he's said to be very pale, isn't he? Pale and
1: pallid? He is, yes, um. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm misremembering. The
2: whole greasy hair thing, like,
0: I don't, yeah. Oh, uh, okay, so he's described as sallow face. Which actually is defined as an unhealthy yellow or pale brown color. Hmm. Okay. But a synonym is jaundice, pallid, pale, anemic, uh, bloodless, yeah. and pasty. So yeah, I'm pretty sure he's he's pretty white. Okay.
1: Just thought I'd throw it out there. But anyway
0: <laughs> Of course. Understood. So yeah, let's let's gender swap Snape here a bit. Um I don't disagree with this comment. I don't either. Yeah. I, I wish it weren't so, but I think that R.I.P. Florian Fortescue has a good point. I mean, and uh, do we think that way because we out we are women, or is that just society? I mean it, it's hard to unpack it. Uh we re- I guess we need a male here yeah. to yeah. uh balance out this particular discussion.
1: I'm trying to think of like female characters that would be like this you know that All i can think of as umbridge that's we don't know
2: her background as much
1: we don't know about her childhood. well we got her we did we got her backstory oh i forgot yeah it. so her father is a wizard her mother
0: was a muggle or a half yeah but but i don't think there's anyone we can compare because this is about a quote-unquote love
1: yeah yeah no i think you're right. Um, True. And I'm trying to think of anybody else from literature, even. And I... Literally, the first one that popped into my head was um, Trunchbull from Matilda. But I think she's more of a comparison to Umbridge than anything else. Yeah.
2: I mean, there are definitely movies about crazy women who are obsessed with men and yeah. steal their... What's the one? Uh, rob Something about the cradle. I don't know. Somebody steals somebody's baby. And yeah, there's definitely some crazy bitch movies. Um, so that's a that's a trope, I guess. I don't know if that's the word to use so for that.
0: In the comments, people are saying um, Marope is a good one. Oh. And then Michael also oh, brings right. up "um" his Dark Materials. So, and then he says he'd also put forth um, Miss Havisham from Dickens' Great Expectations. Mm. I can't say that I know either of those characters besides Marope well enough to compare, personally. Yeah. Agreed.
2: But I don't think, I think we think view Marope that way.
0: I mean, I think she
2: was a pretty...
0: Cool- well, maybe we do. <laughs> yeah, she was kind of I crazy. mean, I think the problem with Merope is that we see that she is also um oppressed and then dies in childbirth so yeah. i feel like there's that added level of sympathy to somebody yeah that yeah dies because of something i'm snape snape people are gonna love this who dies for something that they believe in obviously that's <laughs> what also snape did um so actually yeah i think they are a really good comparison and i do think that a lot of people you know This is an interesting one. Hmm. I have to think about it more. Like, I can't form my opinion right here now that this bomb has been dropped in my lap. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: I think this idea of, like, a woman who bullied children, like, people would be outraged about that more, I think, because of our societal expectations that women are more nurturing and kind and nice all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Um they do say that Umbridge is more evil than even Voldemort. Yeah.
1: So and I, she is a bully. I think there would be more outrage about that if Snape was a woman. It would be more prominent and like obvious. And people would pick up on it more, I think.
0: Huh. Yeah, that's a tricky it's one. An interesting one. Yeah. I am going to recuse myself and I want to keep thinking about this. And I'm going to get back. I'm going to get back to it. Awesome. Because I don't want to just spew words when I need <laughs> to think about it a bit more. Yeah, that's my conclusion and I'm sticking <laughs> to it.
1: I think that's kind of where we all are. At yeah. <laughs> we just need to think more about this. Yeah. It is. It's kind of a... Good
0: comment, RIP Florian yes, Fortescue. Yes, very much. Good Comment. If y'all are listening to this, go over there and share your opinions because we obviously want to hear them and need to hear them. And uh, maybe it'll help us inform ours as well. So, alohomora.mugglenet.com. Do it.
1: And while you're over there, make sure you check out our Patreon. Just one more reminder. Patreon.com slash alohomora or our website
0: alohomora.mugglenet.com and the Patreon tab at the top. And another shout out to Kristen. Whoop, whoop. Thank you. Yay! Yay! And keep listening, guys. Make sure you download our newest episode. That is episode 225. We are on a chapter revisit this week, and it is chapter 10 of The Prisoner of Azkaban, The Marauder's Map. You can also listen to our first discussion on chapter 10, which is episode 24, 201 episodes ago. So head over and take a listen to that episode in preparation for 225. And with that, we are out of here. We'll talk to you on episode 225. Kat. I'm Katie. And I'm Allison. And we'll talk to you soon.